0: When you put on that helmet and you enter the raging whitewater rapids, do you ever stop and think to yourself, should I go up or should I go down? You don't. Now I want you to visualize yourself standing there by the raft, paddle in hand at the edge of the river, looking down the river and then looking up, looking down, looking up. Lock in this visual because we're going to use this later. This is your sad river rafter image. Hello, and welcome to Conscious Business. Today, I want to chat with you about change, and I want to help you understand your relationship with change, because let's face it, whether you like change or you don't like change, you're going to face a lot of change in your life. And what I've learned over the years is that when people feel overwhelmed by the change, It's often not usually the change that is causing them the discomfort. It is their resistance to the change that causes the discomfort. And that's really, really important to understand. I'm going to say it again. It's not the change that causes the discomfort. It's our resistance to the change that causes the discomfort. It's like that John Kabat-Zinn quote. You can't stop the waves. But you can learn how to surf. No matter how much you want to control things in your life, there's always going to be surprises. Always. So instead of putting your energy into resisting things and resisting the change, learn how to navigate them instead. You can't stop the waves, but you can learn to surf. So in this episode, we're going to talk about your relationship with change so that you can really, really understand why it's so important to get conscious about it and actually feel empowered about change when it happens. So here's a look at what you're going to learn today. First off, I'm going to explain how and why we resist change. In the second segment, we're going to talk about control and how it is essentially an illusion. In the third segment, I'm going to share a brilliant tool from my change management workshop. And in the last segment, I'm going to share three tips to help you establish your relationship with change. So get out of your head into your heart and let's dive right in, shall we? So let's start off with how people resist change. And you know, I see this all the time with people, things in their life don't go according to plan. And that could be uh, their job, their business, a project, a relationship, maybe their health. And rather than recalibrating to really accommodate this change, they put all their energy and attention and focus into resisting the change, into complaining about the change, into telling everyone else about what is happening to them and why it's so horrible. Now, the problem with this scenario is that all of their energy goes into resisting the change rather than just accepting the change and moving on to the new direction. Abraham always uses the example of whitewater rafting, which I love. Now, on the weekend, we were literally just talking about this conversation at brunch, and it still reminds me how much I love this metaphor. It's so simple, but so powerful. When you go whitewater rafting, you can only ever go downstream. There is no upstream option. There isn't a path to go upstream. There isn't a path to go side to side. There is only one way, and that is downstream with the rapids. When you put your helmet on and you enter the raging whitewater rapids, do you ever stop and think to yourself, hmm, should I go upstream? Or should I go downstream? We don't do that. No one does that. No one ever does that. And I've been whitewater rafting many times. And every single time we enter the water, we may fight over who has to sit where in the raft, but we never disagree or argue or even consider, are we going to go upstream or are we going to go downstream? Let's apply this whitewater rafting metaphor to change. When change happens in your life, imagine yourself just standing there in those cold, cold rapids. The change is coming. It has all this momentum behind it because it's coming downstream. And you are meant to hop in that raft and go with the change in the direction of the rapids. And the sooner that you hop into that raft, the sooner you will get to the bottom of the river. And yet, We so often resist change when it happens. We fight back, don't we? We fight back and resist what is happening to us, which is kind of like going up the river. It's like going upstream. We're fighting the current. We're fighting the change, aren't we? And sometimes we waste energy resisting that change, which is kind of like standing there at the edge of the water. Just discussing who's going to sit where in the boat. And we waste all kinds of time avoiding going downstream because we're analyzing what it's going to be like to go upstream. Think about it. If you stand there in that cold river and you refuse to get in the raft, you and you alone are prolonging your ride down the river, aren't you? If you wait there an extra hour, you delay getting down the river by an hour. If you delay for a week, you hang out at that edge of the river Complaining about the change, resisting the change, your destiny of having to go down that river doesn't ever change. You just prolong the start of your journey in going down that river. You arrive a week later than you could have if you just accepted the change and said yes and just hopped in that raft. Now, I know that this is a silly analogy, but it's a good one, right? Think about change in your life that you have resisted or that was unexpected, trying to fight back against it, or resisting it, or complaining to others about how crappy it is. Well, this is essentially you standing at that edge of the river in your full wetsuit with a helmet. Because, yeah, you know, they always make you wear a helmet when you go whitewater rafting. And I bet that river is pretty cold and pretty uncomfortable, isn't it? Visualize yourself standing there by the raft, paddle in hand, looking up the river, looking down the river, up, or down. Lock in this visual. This is your sad river rafter image. Because the next time that you get the urge to resist a change in your life, or you want to stay stuck in the disappointment, or you feel tempted to indulge in complaining, you know, and being a victim, I want you to picture yourself as this sad river rafter in your full gear, your full wetsuit, your helmet, standing on the bank of that river. This is essentially where you're resisting change. If you try to go up the river, you are resisting the change. And if you just stand there and you procrastinate the start of your journey down the stream, that's resisting too. So don't be a sad river rafter. Jump in the raft, direct and point your raft downstream and start paddling with the current. Now, we can't really have this conversation about change without discussing control. Because when we resist change, it's often because we're clinging to things and trying to control them. We hold on to the illusion of a control. And yes, control is an illusion, it is not a destination. ...for two reasons. First, control is actually not something that we can ever truly attain. Think about it. We can only ever influence our own actions. We can't control the actions of the billions of other people on this planet... ...or their universal design or their karmic debts... ...let alone Mother Nature, the planet, evolution. There are a lot of uncontrollable variables out there that influence our reality... So yes, we can control our tiny impact in life, but there's so many other forces out there that are inextricably linked to our life that are controlling and impacting our world and the results that show up for us. Now, the second factor that makes control an illusion is that wanting to control things is actually very short-sighted and it's kind of arrogant if you really think about it because What you know, your knowledge is essentially a culmination of your acquired experiences, your lived experiences, your learned knowledge. And what we're saying here is that what I know and what I can do is actually superior to the knowledge and the collective intelligence that exists out there that I am not a part of. And yeah, I get it. You're smart. You have a lot of acquired knowledge. You have a lot of lived and shared experiences. But no matter how smart you are, no matter how many experiences you've had in life, it does not compare to the infinite knowledge and wisdom that exists in universal design. Do you see why control is such an illusion? You know, I often explain trust and control as two sides of one coin, and they really truly are. If you let go of control, then you get to embrace trust, and you'll see all the benefits in your life that are far superior to anything that either you or I could dream up. When you trust, it means you believe in universal design, which is powerful. It is more powerful than our limited capacity to think or to experience or acquire knowledge. When you're in trust, you can't control. And yet when you are in control, it means you cannot trust. Now, we still always go through our visioneering. We still set goals. We still take inspired action. This is important. We can't expect things to just show up for us exactly how and when we want them to be. This is why whenever you make a conscious request for something, you should always close with this or something better. Because then you're keeping yourself open to receiving something that is bigger and better and greater than what you could have ever imagined for yourself. And I'm going to tell you straight up, complaining about things that are out of your control is an absolute, complete, total waste of time. You're wasting your time and your energy in the resistance. And you're just prolonging the inevitable. And if you resist the change because you feel like you're not in control, then you are fighting universal design, which always has your best intentions in mind. But you're missing out on it because you're narrowly focused on trying to control how you think things should go. So do yourself a favor. Let go of control. It is an illusion. It is a mirage portrayed by your ego. It is not an actual destination or behavior that we should ever strive for because we can never actually achieve it because it doesn't actually exist. All right. In this segment, I want to share a really powerful tool that I use with my clients as part of my change workshops. I help everyone really understand their relationship with change, which is so important, and it really helps them to shift their perspective to feel more empowered. Now, there's always, always some pretty big aha moments that happen along the way. So here we go. Step number one, I want you to write out a list of at least three, one, two, three major changes that have happened in your life. Now they could be work-related changes, they could be personal changes, could be recent, could be a long time ago. Just think of at least a minimum of three different changes, major changes that have happened in your life, and I want you to write them down, okay? Step number two. Now I want you to reflect on each one of those major changes and I want you to think about how much resistance you had to that change. And what I mean here is, how much did you push back, fight, deny, complain, prolong? How much did you resist that change? And I want you to rank it on a scale of 1 to 10. So low on the scale a 2 or 3 would be a small amount of resistance. And a 10 would be a heck of lot of resistance. You are basically fighting it the whole way. All right. So that's step number two. Write down and reflect how much resistance you had to each one of those changes. Step three, I want you to reflect on whether these changes were internal changes or external changes. I'll define that for you right now. So an internal change is something that you initiated yourself. It was something that you started, you chose to do, you dreamt up, and an external change is one that was thrust upon you. So examples of, of external changes we often use are losing a job or a contract, uh, a relationship ending that wasn't your choice or having to move places when you didn't really want to, either moving your home or moving to another city, another country. Now I want to pause here for a second and give a huge shout out to Jason Little, who introduced me to this concept of internal versus external change in his lean change management course, which was brilliant. And I have to tell you, understanding the difference between these two types of change whoa, this is so, it seems so small, but it's always these small little things, these subtleties that have huge shifts in people's life. And I have to tell you, understanding this difference, it's really, really going to help you to understand changes that have happened in your life. This is by far one of the most important topics that I discuss with teams. We always look at what their relationship and experience with change is and whether this is change that they have actually initiated themselves and this helps them to see how resilient they are to that change versus whether this was change that was thrust upon them, an external change. Now, I know that resiliency and grit are popular buzzwords these days. And if you want your team to be resilient, then you have, have, have to talk about change. You absolutely do. And it's important to understand how you deal with change on a personal level and also how you as a team respond to change. When change comes up, how do you handle it? Do you champion it? Do you ride the wave or do you let it get you stuck? Does it hold you back? Does it cause gossip inside conversations? Now, what is, here's another question for you. What is the best time to talk to your team about change and how to champion it? Well, the truth is the best time is to actually talk about it before you need to, to talk about the change before you are in the change or else you won't be able to navigate it very well. And in reality, we often get called in to do change work with a team because they're obviously going through something big or significant or traumatic with the team. And so they bring us in to help normalize everything that's going on, which is great. I would prefer to do this than nothing at all. However, if you really, really want to run interference on change, if you want to get ahead of it, the best time to talk about change is before the change has actually happened. Why? Because this is your opportunity to really discuss it without everyone being emotionally charged with all the changes going on. Because it's hard for people to really grasp this concept. So if you want to support your team and you want to champion change, get them to do this work before they need to do the work. Before they are in the massive change. Now, this way of approaching things is what I call situational blueprinting, and it's one of the most important conscious business tools that you can ever really master. Doing this will help you get an edge because you're basically thinking about how you're going to handle things before they actually happen, and it's powerful because you get to dream up what you are going to do in terms of resilience, how you're gonna blueprint it, and so when it does actually come up, you have a playbook of how you're gonna handle it. You're more calm, you're rational, and you get to pull forward great intelligence from the past and make a commitment to how you're gonna show up when you're in the thick of the challenge. Okay, so let's recap. If you wanna champion change in your life, go through this exercise that I mentioned, those three steps. Number one, think of three, at least three major changes in your life. Second step is rank them one to 10 of how much resistance you had to that change. And then step three, determine if these were internal changes or whether they were external changes. And I really want you to take some time to reflect on how these changes have really impacted you since they happened and what has been possible as a result of this shift in your life. Now to champion change with your team, Do the work to make the change conscious with your team and decide how you're going to handle those changes when they happen before you're actually in the process of the change. Because when you're in the change, everyone gets hijacked by their ego. They resist the change. There's conflict. There's gossip. There's side conversations. And remember that the best time to do the change work with your team is before you're actually in the change. Okay, I want to give you three great tips that you can use to better understand and navigate change. All right, I'm going to give you these tips right now. First tip, number one, is to champion change from the past. Now, this is really important. Look to the past to understand previous changes that have happened in your life and how they eventually turned into something positive. Even though they may have been scary in the moment, or it may have been an external change, something that someone else initiated, not you, in most cases, not all, in most cases, it often leads to something positive that was bigger or better than what you could have ever imagined. All right. So tip number one, champion change from the past. Tip number two, watch for resistance. Now, in episode 174, we talked about edge behaviors, and I named a bunch of different edge behaviors that are you know, probably the most popular, the most common ones, and I hope you took that chance to really identify what your edge behaviors are, either anything from that list or something that you came up with on your own. Now, if you really learn and are conscious about what your edge behaviors are, then you can notice them when they happen. You can observe the resistance, and this is going to help you to really navigate change as it happens and get through it more quickly. And tip number three is to zoom out to get perspective. When change is happening, we often can't see the blessing or the gift in the change because we're in the change. And quite often, we're so busy resisting the change. So we're not present to see what the real impact is. So if you zoom out and you ask yourself, in 20 years from now, how significant will this be in my life? And is it worth resisting in this moment? And doing that usually helps people get perspective on what they are going through. So let's recap those three tips. Number one, champion change from the past. Really reflect on what has happened and how it turned out and what the result was. Two, watch for resistance. Know what your edge behaviors are. And tip number three, zoom out to get perspective. And it's time to start wrapping up this episode on change. Now, I really hope that you take the time to reflect on your relationship with change and really do that exercise that I walked you through, right? Those three steps. Understand how you react to change. Get conscious about the difference between internal and external Change and to champion change with your team, do the work to make it conscious. Do it now before you're in the change because this is what's really, really going to help your team to champion change so they are prepared for it because it's inevitably going to happen. All right. Now, on this theme of change, I want to give you a heads up and let you know that I am taking a mini break from the podcast coming up for the month of May. And I have a bunch of really massive projects coming down the pipe and also doing a big intake of Retreat You, which is my online program for retreat leaders. Now, with all these projects coming up, I am going to take a pause on the podcast for the month of May. However, I will be back on June the 3rd with a brand new episode. So just a heads up on that, this is going to be a little bit of a hiatus I'm taking. So you can go back to any of the previous 170 episodes if you feel like you need a fix in the interim for the month of May. All right. So thanks for hanging out with me today and for talking about your change really be inspired by this episode and take the time to talk to someone else, someone at work, someone who is in your personal life, and really talk to them about your relationship with change and really ask them what their relationship with change is. Use some of this new language, right? Ask them, was that an internal change or an external change? You have no idea how smart you're going to sound, all right? So remember that learning who we are. And what makes us powerful as leaders, that is quite frankly the best business investment that you can ever make. And whenever you lean into your fear, there is always magic on the other side.